Hey everybody, welcome back to the Combat Chain. I am your host, Patrick, a full-fledged member of the Assassin's Guild, Shaw, and with me as always is my co-host, Adam, executive producer of Combat Chain Studios, Philip Chuck. Adam, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Pat. Uh, The Team Cup has just kicked off and I am very excited, and I'm not talking about the FIFA World Cup, but in fact the Flesh and Blood Team Cup. yeah, that's been a Hell blast. Yeah. That's been a blast yeah, so far we've... to. Uh, that's been a, a blast to work on uh, from the administrative side so far. Uh, yeah, so we've been uh, we've been kind of hinting at it for a little while, um, but we kept it under wraps basically because we've been <laughs> we have been bothering. Uh, it was originally Tyler Broughton and uh, then the guys over at Fab Foundry uh, since May. Uh, since, basically, since uh, since we cornered Tyler in New Jersey, and was <laughs> we're we're just like make us part of this more than we were already. We want in, uh, and that expanded into uh, into the role that we have right now. All right, and we kicked it off with the uh, with the live selection special uh, for the Fab Team Cup. So we, uh, you and I, got to got to host with. Uh, Tyler and Jesse from the league, and we got to we, we ran through the teams, picked the pools, picked the teams, and uh, ran through the rosters. And it is it's, it is stacked. It's so scary. Every single one of these teams is just filled with killers and and just great players. Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, doing that video is a blast, and for sure, uh, we're gonna have some great matches this season. It's really unfortunate with kind of like the with all the matches going on in these first couple weeks, it's unfortunately impossible for us to bring all the action uh, to you, uh, to everyone. Uh, but I think uh, if if everything works out. Um, uh, I, I guess by the time this uh, this episode airs, I don't know if we're going to be able to to really pump this all uh, through the podcast. But um, hopefully this Friday we've got in the works. Uh, nothing's set in stone yet, but uh, some sort of a, a feature um, broadcast we're yeah. going to be doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're working on a Friday night fight special. We got a main event. We just got to work on the undercard. Uh, hopefully, if we get it together, there'll be uh, there'll be a nice promo. Uh, bring my wrestling announcer voice to it and uh, see if we see if we can't hype it up a little bit. But that's gonna be kind of the name of the game. They've they've given us maybe we're just kind of taking it, but you know we, we we've taken the bull by the horns a bit here. Uh, we we've we've wanted we've we've been waiting what all year to to do this now it's time and uh we're running with it so you're gonna see us on the fab team cup channel uh as much as as much as we can get on there which will be a lot uh they're gonna have to kick us out it's like (laughs) you ever go to the karaoke bar and just get drunk and just want to sing all the songs and they just gotta pull you out that is gonna be me and play by play but sober <laughs> just they're just gonna have to drag me out drag me out of the bar uh even though i got one more tune in me i swear um but it's gonna be a great time and on top of that we have uh we have a team we've got team combat chain and uh and we'll talk about that in a second but i do want to bring in our guest this week uh our guest today is a staple of the flesh and blood community uh, he set the meta in week one of RTN 2021 last season uh, with his winning mid-range Katsu list. Uh, he was a featured rider for the Wraith Times. He placed 18th at the Calling Charlotte and is the head guild master of the Fighters Guild uh, himself. He is good friend and mentor to yours truly and many others. Max Thomas, thank you for coming to the show today. No, thank you guys for having me, man. It's a pleasure. I really uh, love what you guys have been doing, and it's an honor to be a part of it. So thank you. Now, people uh, might not realize this, but uh, Max and I had a uh, earlier in the year a wonderful deep conversation, about 40, 45-minute interview, uh, and I completely botched the post-production and lost all the footage. And it is 
it has killed me inside ever since. So this is a hole in my heart that is finally being filled. And uh, I've, I've wanted Max to have his time. Uh, and, and now it is. Ironically, I was really sick at that time. And we had a couple episodes where I was just like froggy and losing my voice. I am sick again. So I have <laughs> I like a little frog in my throat. I am sick as well. So it's, okay. <laughs> it's just a killer. It's the holiday season. Um, but, uh, but yeah, since we're all here, we're all friends. I wanted to kind of, uh, take a couple of minutes and relax. And was, uh, I want to know, uh, who's played some good games lately. Adam, have you played some good flesh and blood games lately? Have I played any good games lately? Let me see. Like I've, I'm still not getting in the reps I want to be getting in right now. Like I, it, it actually like, it, there's a little part in my heart that's kind of sad right now because I like, I remember once upon a time hearing this interview with Dale and Mac where and I, I think it was actually on uh, instant speed where Dale was like, I play 10 games a day. And oh. I took that to heart for so I, I was already trying to play a lot up until that point. But just hearing another um, heavy hitter just like that commit to like that's their part of their training regime is they have to play ten, 10 games a day. I've always taken it to heart that like getting a lot of reps is 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 important and for sure for like a lot of different reasons it is you know like muscle memory and things like that just making good habits um and understanding how things play out like the more reps you get the better you're gonna understand it but just just beyond Mm -hmm. that like i i always get sad when i'm not getting a lot of games uh though um it's starting to pick up again We're we're finding time to go to armories and we're we're getting Talishar games in here and there, but um, at the end oh, of the day, mm-hmm. that was a long-winded way of saying I want to be getting in good games, but I'm I'm not right now. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Max, have you been been getting some good flesh and blood in here? Well, I want to say yes, and the last couple of days I have, but to be honest with you guys, I've been on a little hiatus since Nats. Uh, been going through some real life stuff you know what i mean and uh yeah. mm-hmm. some major life changes um but it's all good but you know i think uh, the game is in a really good spot right now and the good games are there you just got to get on there and play them you know uh adam is funny you mentioned the dalen mack interview i also saw that i was like man that's inspirational you know so uh the week before nats i actually was like okay i'm just gonna pick prism and i'm gonna play 100 games the week before nats and i did and um i ended up audibling to oldham anyways but, <laughs> you know it was still like i learned a lot just playing that amount of games per day i mean i was probably averaging 20 games per day which that is, is a, a lot that's a lot that's a lot so. when you're when you're going you you i feel like uh, I see you playing some version of of game. It, like I'll I'll go into work uh, and I'll see you. Like I like to lurk on Discord while while I'm working, and I'll I'll watch like everyone kind of backseat drive on the on like the test games, and that's like at eight thirty in the morning, and then it's like seven thirty at night, and like it's like you <laughs> and a couple others that are just have never left that room just have, oh, just yeah. have the table on sometimes it's sometimes it's flipped and spinning but here you're all just still still there it's like oh, yeah. man that's I mean, a lot that's i mean that's the best way honestly mm-hmm. for i mean what was it everfest yeah, we yeah. had i mean our little group came up with start well you know matt washable matthew washable came mm-hmm, up with mm-hmm. starvo but mm-hmm. we had that in the group we had oh Stubby chris Spy. ray came up with there. that uh awesome uh viscerai list that you know i i won yeah. a pro quest off of and um no there was some great things that came out of that group for sure for sure and um you know really that's all just man hours in Mm-hmm, for sure right if you want to think about it i think if you really want to be good at flesh and blood like you really need to get massive amounts of man hours in you know so it's really hard to do it as one person i think playing 10 games a day is a great way to do that but if you can have 10 of your friends also playing 10 games a day and kind of coagulating that data throughout the day on like discord chats you're really gonna 
skyrocket in terms of ability and um, just knowledge. Because at the end of the day, what is this game other than kind of like a, a knowledge game or something, you know, like you deal with like math while you're in the game, but there's a whole other side of the game that never stops when you're not playing the game, which is like metagaming, I guess is what you could call it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Right. And I think that's where you get a bunch of the um, you get these top dogs, right, that have separated themselves. They they have uh, almost intuitive, deep understanding of that, right, that mathematical foundation of the game. And they're just almost instinctually able to run through the numbers of the value of their turn cycles and make the decisions to you know, best affect their their entire game and be able to pitch, you know, what to pitch, what to block, when to when to attack, when to, you know, when to yeah. bluff, when to hold back an arsenal. And, you know, like Michael Hamilton was on uh, not too long ago. And hopefully I, we're, we're going to get him back. He's world champion. We're going to get the world champion on here. Uh, he did. He did get, get back to me. He said he's got to chill out a little bit. Uh, so we're gonna touch base after the holiday, uh, uh, Thanksgiving, at least, and see see where he's at. But he he will come on. But his his point was, uh, you know, all the micro decisions in a given match. If you're right, Max, you make 110 correct micro decisions in a game, and I make 105 correct micro decisions in a game. You've you have the edge because you've been able to right, make make that incremental advantage over time based on the yes. more correct decisions. And that's, that's all that, you know, how, you know, how does the damage matrix fit into what I'm doing and you know, right, turn, Absolutely. turn cycle value. And it's, it's, it is, it's super, it really can, it's mentally fatiguing uh, until it becomes like muscle, muscle memory. It know. is, it is. And I think, you know, back to my original point also is, you know, you have that fundamental, value in mathematical sense but when you can combine that with like your finger on the pulse of the game at the current moment of that tournament that you're Mm -hmm. testing for that's when the magic happens you know you can you can make better decisions but at the end of the day if you don't have sideboard cards in your deck for uh, the most played deck it's probably not going to go as smooth Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely it's a combination of both so i like to think that I'm really not that good at the math side of the game. I kind of just go on impulse there. Like, mm-hmm. uh, it's funny because um, you guys had Frank on, and he mentioned that he was talking to someone that was a good player, but never like counted the actual damage you could do in the turn. And that was me. <laughs> you know, I had yeah. I had a suspicion <laughs> because. I was just in awe, like, oh, wait, you actually count how much damage you can actually do in this turn if you don't block? Like, wow, that's crazy, you know? Because I just don't do that. I'm just like, ah, it's good. It's got to be good enough. Oh, it's more than 15? All right, yeah, I'll just roll it. So, yep. yeah. Yeah. I I play the same way. I am not as successful, so maybe my math is even worse. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm pretty washed up now. So that's, you know, as I start going into training for season three pro tour three um that's really where i'm looking to elevate my game is the mathematical side yep um i think a lot of people if they want to elevate their game that's probably where they should start as well and it all starts with you know how much damage my opponent presenting this turn and how much can i present because when you break the game down i think each fab game is kind of you know outside of weird matchups like Oldham versus Dromai and stuff. It's kind of almost, let's just take an aggro mirror, for example, whoever can present lethal first has a massive edge, right? That's why you like to go second in the aggro mirror. So um, being able to take that information and kind of leverage that in a match it helps a lot. And if you're not counting the numbers, it's going to be harder to do that, right? Right, right, so, right. Absolutely. Yeah. That's where I was. I was. I, I was telling Frank in that interview that you know my 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 weakness is that uh, it, it, both that math edge, right? I count counting my cards and figuring out how much damage I can do, and then <clears throat> figuring out the puzzle of my opponent's turn cycle and realizing that right, this this three block here is worth more than right is that block is worth more than my attack 
on that turn and this is the ideal move and the optimal thing because i have <clears throat> even now i haven't i've kind of switched gears a little bit um from from phi i was but dash boost dash is like my nemesis as phi and it just just is i don't know what it is uh but they oh, yeah. they it's always seem to get now. that you know, that double throttle like just gross 30 damage turn they have the max velocity they have all the things that they needed uh you know it seems pretty consistently and i'm always losing that race and i'm convinced that if i just right if i just put my my blue brand with cinder claws that two block would have made me live you know just that much longer yeah i you're probably right but i think uh even with the the new pulse wave harpoon i think that matchup gets a lot harder after yeah that. for sure i really like where dash is at um, yeah dash is almost the, you, you know when people start the to, math thing right yeah it's like it's not always as straightforward as just raw numbers you know mm-hmm. because like okay i have an oldham hand you know, they have an oldham hand with an ice card, an oak and old, a staunch response blue, and a pummel. You know, something like that. It's like it's not so straightforward what to do there, right? Like, do I right. knock out yeah. all, all the yeah. oak and old and swing my ice hammer? Probably. Mm-hmm. Do I, you know, do I pitch the ice card to staunch response and block with my shield? So mm-hmm. I think that's. I think when you look at a player like Michael Hamilton, that's really where he's excelling. Because mm-hmm. those are the micro decisions that matter the most, like kind of like in the margin hands where it's not so clear cut, you know, mm-hmm. like obviously with five, you have like an art of war spreading flames. You're going to go for it. Right. I'll take whatever. Sure. But the marginal hands is, I think, where you really accrue value by making the correct blocking and gameplay actions. So trying to look at that a lot more as well. It almost it almost feels like a. Uh, like in blackjack, like accounting cards type scenario where if you assign the correct value to your opponent's hand in your hand and then know how to apply that into the turn cycle, you can end up like yeah. right over over the top more more often than not. If you're if you're whatever, plus three, minus three, plus three, minus three, plus three, minus three. You know, and, right. yeah, and going right. through in right, and if you pit, if you uh-huh. can monitor, right, and this is where Hamilton comes in, right? So if Hamilton, Hamilton's got that countdown, right, or you know he's got that count and he's got it in his head, and now he's tracking the pitch stack of both of both of them, but he's oh man, <laughs> if, if he's if he's been doing the that kind of math, he knows that he's pitched right, he's pitched more value than than they've pitched because maybe he's reduced yeah. it down to that that basic number how do you count cards in flesh and blood i think i just did it i just well, gotta figure out how to make hard, it work yeah. no, I, I, like that idea. I think that's something that's that... right it, that's how you get like because the math there's the math in terms of like aggro where all right i have i have a 12 damage hand but if i have a force multiplier in art of war it's a 20 damage hand right and if i have another force multiplier in spreading flames it's a 25 damage turn or and you know an at plus seven on uh, you know, mask of pouncing links. If everything works out, that is one type of math. But the and the, and I think this is where, uh, you know, this is where the 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 men right separate from from the boys or the yeah. the women from the girls or, sure, or yeah. whatever. The elite, the the common player to the elite is taking that different kind of math, right? That Absolutely. that yeah. that turn cycle total value, which I think is is a concept that is so right that's the daunting one my my yeah. nine plus your seven might not seem that much but if i add a discard effect right that's actually a plus four swing of life right if i have oasis respite is a five you know is a five damage swing how do i leverage that i have to you have to lose a life you know you have to be in a negative life total which adds to the you know adds another variable to it and then the the best way to get that plus five but that's where like icelander comes into play right the wounded bull is is valuable in a certain you know it's most valuable in a certain time when do you play that to gain the most value when the turn cycle is such that you you know your math is 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 there where that eight is more than their x right whatever that ends up being and if you repeat that turn after turn you've you're winning yeah and i think that's kind of 
really difficult for uh, people who don't have a lot of time in the game to kind of grasp that concept of like card, you know, um, turn cycle values and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, going back to Hamilton, because let me preface this by saying, you know, I was talking earlier with some of my testing teams and buddies and stuff like that. And I think a lot of us were kind of jaded a little bit with flesh and blood after the Phi and stubby hammers meta season. Um, Cause we were just playing Phi for a long time and it seemed very RNG based and it just wasn't as uh, captivating gameplay. And when you see someone like Hamilton make a run that is so utterly dominant it makes you realize actually like, okay, this game is clearly skill-based at the highest of highest levels. Like it's really not RNG based at all. It's about making correct decisions with your deck choice and playing a deck that can mitigate the variance of the RNG decks and, you know, multitudes of things. But I think um, it was really inspiring to see Hamilton go on that run. Absolutely. Right. I mean, it, it, it really, helps right it helped kind of mitigate some of that uh <clears throat> that those those kind of feel bad thoughts and there was still some like chris Ali taking out dan Rutkowski, right that's that's one of those games where you're like eh, this is this is where like the bad you know the bad stuff could occur here's a one turn otk right. situation very little interaction inevitability from almost turn zero you know, it was yeah. just, it was just, it was just delayed uh, gratification at, at the end. But it was only one turn delay, right? As soon as you get the force and nature on top of everything. Uh, I mean, that stuff is going to happen as long as they allow archetypes like that to exist uh-huh. at the higher ends of the competitive play, which I think is fine because if everybody's just playing Icelander versus Icelander, yes, the games are very uh, long, complex, and extremely uh, intense. And every decision really matters, but they're kind of, kind of boring sometimes, you know. It's such a chore. <laughs> yeah, so it's I- a chore. So people play in different ways for fun, but um, for sure, know, for sure. I think the beauty of these card games, right, is like you can kind of choose how you want to play, what you find fun, what you excel at, where your strengths lie, and you can kind of take that and then apply it to the meta and find out, you know, how how your run is at the next tournament. I think that's kind of what is really captivating about card games in general. You know, it's, it's always funny. I always find the same types of people like me play these games. You know, you just find people that are very similar to you in mindset, right? Like Uh uh kind of 30 year old, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) high you know upper middle Mm -hmm. class it's like the same type of people that play and i'm not trying to stereotype or leave anyone out but i find that a lot of these people congregate in these types of games and it's just kind of interesting yeah it's definitely and flesh and blood does seem to skew towards or it skews towards uh experienced magic player disenfranchised with that right w- with with the game so you know growing up with tcgs becoming an adult and then moving on to what feels like a more adult skewed game in in some elements of it oh i agree with that yeah for uh, sure i mean it's just more it's just more skill intensive i don't know if you guys have played magic recently but uh not, try to you know, avoid it. Yeah. i actually just i actually i was i was playing arena for a little bit but I only play historic brawl and I have I have like a couple just ridiculous decks that I like to play but even that it's not <laughs> I come from casual commander and like we just had Fino on who said he comes from commander as well uh, but he he played CEDH on top of everything else I was very much a I only want to play sevens and if you try if you if you play a counter spell I hate you like that is my yeah. <laughs> that is my version of EDH that I want to play. Uh, I mean, I'm a masochist, so I play standard and pi and uh, what is it historic on there. So yeah, I do my days every day, but I'm just I feel like the games are kind of decided, especially in standard, like off of your opening hand and then like the next four cards drawn. Sure, and I mean that can be fun sometimes too, right? 
But mm-hmm. I, I think uh, if I'm looking to really invest time into a game, energy, mental capacities, all that stuff, that time away from home, my kids, mm-hmm. it's got to be more than that. You know, I want to be able to next level. That, that's, uh-huh. that part is really fun to me. Like it, yeah. if this is like a mental game, you know, it's, it's akin to chess. Like I need a little more than my opening hand to Absolutely. do that. For, for sure. But I think a lot of people feel the same. Absolutely. That's that's why this game's taken off more than any other card game I've ever seen. So it is pretty good. It pretty it's uh, pretty good. It's one of those. It's one of those ones. I I played Magic for I don't know twenty five years. Never never wanted to talk about it to with anybody. Right and flesh flesh and blood was good enough where i had to i couldn't shut up about it so you know absolutely here we are i i I have a lot of extracurricular stuff with fab you know we got the discord we have the original discord i got local play groups i never went to fnms or anything like that but i go and play my armories uh it's uh just a different different experience man and i think it's because the game is a little more cerebral Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. it just hooks me a lot more I feel like I feel like the game and the community have kind of learned from right the errors of the past, and I think that right the community is kind of one of the one of the selling points. I feel. Oh like. yeah. You know, there's just, uh, you know, I I kind of joke sometimes that it's like, it feels like a cult sometimes. It's just a it's just everyone's so happy all the time that we're just yeah. we're we're one big Kool Aid drink away from the end. But <laughs> we're but it's it's true though. We're not we're not about to all kill mass suicide, but we, we are super happy to to be around. And like if you look flesh and blood Twitter, I think is the perfect example of that. Uh in, in yeah. my eyes. It's such if you're a you're not on that, you need to get on that. Yeah, get sure. on Fab Twitter. If you if you don't have Twitter Get on Twitter just to, just for the fab. You can there's there's lists and stuff. You can you can filter everything else out. Just find the find the people who talk about fab and and yes. hang out there. And it's a great it's a great time. It is great. It's easy to join too. Just find y'all's Twitter or my Twitter. You can just go look at who I mm-hmm. follow. Yep. So you can just you're you're in it immediately. Yeah, just make sure you follow you follow the combat chain. Pat Smash Good has a bunch of uh, 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 international journalists and all sorts of, of just extreme political ideologies. We don't need to get into, but and flesh and blood. So uh, I have gotten back into the saddle recently. I've I've rejoined some of uh, some of the leagues online. Started trying to play some games again, and uh, I am I am a competing member of team combat chain living living my pipe dream of being in the the fab team league uh, it only took uh the content creator version of nepotism to get me on but uh we got there <laughs> exploiting my position uh, on the combat chain to make sure i can play that's what it's all about <laughs> that is that is the, living the dream <laughs> but I have I have been getting my ass kicked um, specifically by Icelander in all formats. Uh, I've been uh, I've been testing so separately. Uh, I'll talk about what what my testing has has been doing lately. But um, I've been playing uh, constructed blitz and clash uh, a new format. We had Ethan Van Sant on recently. Uh, so the tavern the tavern brawlers. Shout out to the Tavern Brawlers. They got a couple leagues going, uh, and uh, my old standby kitchen table uh, has their monthly league. Um, but I've been just railroaded by Icelanders all month. Uh, Blitz and CC just can't can't. I don't know what it is. Uh, if you're if you're at like 15 life, you're in lethal range. It seems uh, they'll just uh, they'll break storm striders. They'll they'll uh, they'll do some. Some garbage of an ember scolding out of the arsenal. They'll waning moon, and then they'll break storm striders and aether ice venue, uh, and they'll break metacarpus nodes. And uh, I think it, I think it's legitimately if you have like AB one, um, if you're at like eleven, you're just dead. Uh, and that's just just what it is. And it's it's terrible, and I hate it, and I don't know what to do about it. But yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I think she might be a little bit oppressive and. Blitz and CC. 
Um, and I think that gets back to she is the deck that's best at mitigating the RNG variants from the hyper aggro decks, mm-hmm. as well as just stopping everyone else from doing stuff too, but also putting you on a time clock. Right? Yeah. She has inevitability yeah. as uh-huh. well with her, um, I believe it's Ice Eternal combo with Amulets of Ice and all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, it's just really good. Really strong. I found, I found out the hard way that Ice Eternals like stack. Like you can create the Frostbites. Um, I had I had one player. Uh, it was like Ice Eternal on the stack for zero. Uh, like play it. Uh, and then at instant speed, play another Ice Eternal for, or X is, I don't know, four. Uh, create the frostbite right with the fuse. Create the frostbites that the top ice eternal resolves. Then you go in the lair. The the frostbites are there. The ice second the first ice eternal oh. on the bottom of the stack sees the new ice sees the new frostbites and deals the damage. Oh boy! Um, like it's just gross. I, I know that. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that, so, yeah, that, it, that it, tracks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's really gross if you have the the double ice eternal uh, yeah, attack. But it, it just seems like you have to be, um, you have to be ten points at, or at least ahead in life, and you can't be disrupted. Um, in most in most cases, it seems. Uh, yeah, I'm not it, really sure the right answer to beat her other than uh, board state like Jomai. Yeah, you know? and even that seems to be a little difficult these days uh, from from our from our Maybe, colleagues. Yeah. Um, but I have I, so I've I've done a deep dive into Arachne, um, and I know she's not they're not the 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 S tier deck, and I'm okay with that. Um, but I am having a lot of fun uh, testing with it. I I I do think that this uh, I call it proactive fatigue, and I <laughs> it's really mill right. Mill is is probably the best strategy going there, and I I do think people have been kind of approaching it from a I don't know. I, I guess you'd call it control. It's like a slow, slow burn fatigue where it's like a ton of sigils, a ton of D reacts and just trying to like, uh, you know, old school guardian fatigue your opponent. And it just seems kind of counterintuitive uh, from from the build, actually. But people have also been trying to, like, go super wide and aggro with them and it just like the we talk about how like phi has like several force multipliers and you can do like a 30 damage turn and like that's that's the win con there right that's the that is the wide aggro that you want out of a you know out of that kind of deck and arachne is not capable of doing that but if you take a look at their their signature cards i I think the the one that kind of uh identifies the strategy the the best is eradicate Right, <clears throat> eradicate banishes X, X cards where X is the amount of damage that is dealt uh, from eradicate that turn. So, like a tall eradicate can banish 25% of your opponent's deck uh, in one fell swoop if if done you know correctly. If you're able to go super tall, they yeah. don't block <clears throat> or something like that. And and that is that is what puts you into a better uh, better state to. Uh, to win the game uh, more than anything I else. Like, um, I like Arachne a lot. A lot of me and my friends, we often were talking, you know, this is kind of before Icelander took the reign, but uh-huh. there was almost a fundamental issue with Oldham pre nerfs and stuff like that, like a hyper defensive Oldham where you could just fatigue all of your opponents. And we identified that as like a fundamental problem if they ever wanted to dial down the aggro decks a little bit. So they weren't as like high roll, 54 damage, Briar turns. Mm-hmm. Um, if they ever were to dial that back, there'd be a fundamental issue with the game. And I think Arachne is a really unique answer to that. You know, mm-hmm. you can't mm-hmm. really, those decks can't do that to Arachne. Arachne just slow bleeds them out. You don't get a pitch stack. Um, yep. So I think that's, I think that the devs like, they're extremely good at this game. It's just, it's going to take them time to get it to where they need it to be. Mm-hmm. And not that it's, you know, not close to where it needs to be, but I think that we're just looking at a lot of the issues that we've seen in this game so far is because there's just not enough cards out yet. If that makes sense, not enough heroes, sure. not enough cards, not enough strategies. And, um, cause even right now we're kind of looking at, if you want to 
top eight, you have to play a handful of heroes, you know, like you're not doing mm-hmm. it with Azalea. It's hard to do it with Lexi, Reinar, mm-hmm. all these things. Um, and I think it's because there's certain heroes that just do broken things. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. Right. And, and, and it's easier for some of these heroes to do those broken things. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Right. I look at Briar, Almost as like Briar and Reinar have it feels like they have a, a very swingy variance to them. Like they, Briar can sometimes mitigate that a bit, but if you look at if you look at what folks did at Lil, right, with uh, hitting hitting tomes of Ark Knights, hitting Sonatas at the right time, right, just take yeah. it, right, that so easily can go the other way, um, and you know I. I we kind of we joke. I was on Briar and Viz going into Nats, but like I, I couldn't hit a Tome of the Arknight to save my life. It just wasn't going to happen, and I wasn't going to do that to myself in in, in live competition. Uh, yeah, it just it just was not was not happening. Um, the interesting thing to me about Folk's run at Pro Tour Two and his ultimate win was he he has such a strong grasp on the game where his deck was like, let's just streamline the best aggro deck at the time. Um, add more RNG to it, right? Like, let's just high roll these games, mm-hmm. but let's play belittle to give it some, you know, punch consistency as well. And it just worked yeah. amazingly well for him. And I think that's, uh, that's kind of, to me, not exactly the opposite end of the spectrum of Hamilton, but it's it's a how do i put this well it is a little bit right like like it's kind of but it's still like the same level of like skill right you under like a high level of understanding of like the metagame and what's going on and also like um turn turn cycle value and all that good stuff um it's just kind of on the opposite end of the style of deck Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Right. Folks was was taking the the route of uh, like it. My turn. My, my turn is not just my hand. Right. If my turn is my hand, it is a fair it is a fair below rate turn. Right. But I, he is he is built the deck in such a way that his turn cycle was always more than the sum. Right, the sum is more than of the parts, and that's where things like right. the uh, right the boots uh, came into play. Being able to flash in uh, the non action, the non attack actions, the uh, right, and the draws. Right, I am going yeah. to play in such a way where if my hand, if I can extend my hand, it it is uh, it improves my turn. Yeah, exponentially. Right, and if I yeah. hit those in ways where I don't. I'm hitting them when I want them to and not when I need them to. I, you know, I'm, I'm in an even more advantageous position where, right. Yeah. Your, your, your opponent is forced in a spot to defend uh, a certain part of, of your game and, ex- and overextends there or doesn't realize they're overextending thinking that they're making the appropriate right decision at the time. And then you add in that extra element of the flashed in thing, right? The, the action point you thought go again, wasn't, wasn't able to be happy, you know, wasn't able to happen there, but now, now they, now Matt has entered, or, you know, put that extra variable onto the table that you're not prepared for. And now eight to 12 more damages is, is on the board because yeah, of, you know, yeah. because of that Enter extra cards, gain an action point. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I mean, Matt has such a, um, a strong fundamental grasp on card games in general. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'll give a little pat on the back to myself here, but uh, I've been a, a follower of Matthew folks for a long time through magic. And I saw him posting one day, asking about flesh and blood and I DM'd him and uh, he's kept playing from there, you know? So that's how I know folks and how he oh. got to be a part of uh the clout chasing discord and stuff, you know? So it's, so, so it's kind of like your pro tour win as well. No, hell no. no. <laughs> I wish I, I wish that I could say that, but no, um, he's just very, very gifted at, uh, the card games. Yeah. Hey, other things, you know, he's, yeah, smart look, he's as well. 
impeccable dresser, uh, incredible cosplayer. Uh, his 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 bench numbers are through the roof. Uh, he's an incredible poker player as well so just a well-rounded individual props to matthew folks congrats on your win bud it's nice to see i hope you're listening cheers cheers to the last one he doesn't strike me as the uh, podcast listener type though Uh, i tell you what though even if i i don't think he knew who, who we were but he was like fuck it let's let's go and yeah he gave us you guys have been a part of the uh, the, the Pro Quest testing team Discord since it had like twenty people, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's true. You know, uh, it's it's true. We 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 are part of the old guard glory days. Uh, the old guard, man, absolutely. When 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 it was uh, let's let's talk about that. That's good. Let's, let's look. Sure. We can, we we've had we've had a nice conversation. Let's get into some interview uh, uh, stuff here. Hey, first and foremost. Uh, I, I'm asked this much earlier, usually, but uh, for those who don't know you, Max Thomas, who are you and how the hell did you get here? Man, I am. I am. <laughs> it's, it's a tough one sometimes. It is Tell a me, tough one. OK, we, I'm, uh, I'm just a guy from the In the south. perspective of your flesh and blood journey, how did how did it start and how did you get to where you are today? Sure. So I started playing Magic. Um, my friend took me under his wing. He was on the the Pro Tour and stuff, and we had been hanging out for a long time since middle school. And this is probably 2011, so I was probably I was 20 when I started playing Magic. It was when Innistrad pre-release came out. I don't even know what year that was. I don't know, but it was Innistrad pre-release, the original Innistrad with Liliana the Veil, and I've been mm. playing it since then. And I'm more of a competitive guy. I like to win prizes and make myself feel better by outplaying my opponent and stuff. And, uh, yeah, I saw Flesh and Blood announce that it was doing a pro tour, and I went all in that day. I actually uh, had to borrow a 1000 bucks from my little brother who's sitting behind me right now, and I went and bought, like, two cases or whatever, you know, and um, I actually bought some, like, Monarch First Edition I got gouged on that. I bought a box for like say, how, bucks that after right that. Now? Yeah, but um, you know, I, I the card art is beautiful. I started playing the game, and I was like, man, this game is actually incredible. And I took it pretty seriously. I started, um, you know, a lot of my success in life, if I've ever had any, but. Uh, um, I've looked up to people who are like the best at what I'm trying to do. Uh-huh. And then I just immediately try and start talking to them and learning from them. So I wanted to play as many armories online as possible. I mean, this is 2020, 2021, right? Yeah. 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 Right. Monarch, monarch, yeah, monarch early yeah. 2021. Yeah. Right? So I was pandemic uh, in full swing mm-hmm. online play at its peak exactly the the main thing was the the gauntlet with brennan patrick and dante del fico every monday night at 8 p.m eastern (laughs) and that's where i was at man and i saw tower number nine take it down like five times or i saw him take it down one time and brennan was like man this he's taking it down five times in a row i was like i'm gonna message tower and tower number nine man he is just the nicest coolest dude and he gave me his uh, Dorinthia deck list. I built it and I started winning a lot, you know, and just trying to understand the game. Um, then I couldn't ever beat like the good Iras, you know? So I switched to Ira and that's kind of where I really started to understand the game a little deeper with Ira. Um, turn cycle values, flick flack value, just value right her her hero ability is value and um i started doing really well with ira and then rtn season started i'd never really played cc i'd played like maybe three games of cc as dorinthia um but i went to my first rtn and i won with katsu a control katsu list that i saw went in bedford 
used to win the first pro quest over in uh new zealand so i was like that's you know that looks really good i'll play that so i sleeved it up and i won my first rtn i ended up beating rob seigel on bravo in the finals and that's uh probably the best thing i've ever done in the game that is a big deal <laughs> that is a, that's a big that's a big win from a from a high profile player on his signature hero but i will say the game was extremely new especially in my local area i only had i'm not going to say two real matches the entire day but i mean sam ewan and rob seigel and then uh patrick weiss those were like the, uh-huh. the three games that were the most competitive you know i kind of yeah, I had a, I because I had played so much online. I, I had a large skill gap on the majority of the field at that point. Sure. Um, so the the game was pretty fresh, in my opinion, in in my local area. So so yeah, um, then that and then uh, ProQuest season started. Right, that was after RTN season, I believe. But um, well, they had RTNs, and then was there ProQuest? Oh, uh, and then it was Nationals. Yeah, I wanted to yeah, go to Nationals. Yeah, yeah. My son got very sick mm-hmm. um, for the first Nationals. I was pretty, pretty bummed I couldn't do that. But you know, life happens. And then it was ProQuest season. Yep. So that is when I started that little Discord, and um, you know, amongst you know between the RTN when that kind of helped me start talking to more and more people like Rob, Brendan Patrick, Dante, you know, Tower, some more folks uh, was coming in. Who were who some of the other people we had in the group? Oh, geez. Uh, we had uh, Grendel. Uh, yeah, Grendel, yeah. Was Grendel in was there from the, from the jump. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Bronson was in there from the very get-go. Um, yeah, Matt W. Yeah. Chris Ray, Matt W. Right, Chris Ray was in there. Um, yeah. Oh, I'm trying yeah, to remember no. his name. The Prism. The, the We had two president. guys. Uh, yep, yeah, president, president. And then there's yeah. one other guy Is I'm thinking of. Dozer? And then... No, no. no, no there was, um, there was no. two guys that... Or... They, so the yeah. core actually started. The core group actually started. It was a group chat on Discord between um, me, Grindle, Tower, Bestest One, which is Michael Conroe, Benson, and Rails. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Rails, mm-hmm. which is his real name is Irvoy her hers or something it's such it's yeah, such a tough name we were trying to That's say it on the on the uh, player yeah. selection yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, Irva had Irvoy headset i believe <laughs> which he is cracked that guy yes. has been insane um and i apologize if i left anyone out of the uh from that core group but from that core group it grew into a group of like 30 people mm-hmm. and um, <clears throat> we actually had starvo in that yeah. group like before yeah. it was ever known and matt w actually won like a win a case uh the the weekend of ever fast release so absolutely right that was really that was, cool. right okay. we we knew we knew starvo was a problem before it was ever publicized and absolutely, then yeah. uh and then when it came when it came out uh, we knew, we knew, we knew it was a pro. We knew it was going to blow up, and that it was going to be a problem. And then everybody started starting getting after it. And then, yeah. and then people kind of reverse engineered it a bit, and all of a sudden the videos come out, and it really blows up. Uh, yeah. But we know, we know where it came from. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Came from Matt W, and he shared it in our little group before mm-hmm. it was ever known. He brewed it up himself. Yeah. And I, the first time I played against it, I knew it was a problem. Yeah, for sure. And the first iteration actually had three Ardors in it as well, <laughs> just to filter, <laughs> basically to filter more. And it was actually pretty, pretty sick too. But um. So that was really cool. And now we have how many, gosh, how many people are in this now? Too I think it's many. close to 200. Yeah, it's a lot now. But it's <laughs> literally, literally the best players in the world. You know, I mean, we have Hamilton in there, Kale McCreese, uh, Brennan Patrick, Yuanji, Michael Fang. I mean, just going down the list is just crazy. So yeah, it's, it's really, of, um, it's a bit of a rite of passage now. Once you, once you make it kinda, to a yeah. point, you get into the, you get into I the Cloud so. Central Station. 
I agree with that. I mean, if you just look at the people in it, like Yuki Lee Bender, mm-hmm. um, gosh, there's so many. Well, yeah, we can go. I can. I'm looking. I'm looking at it yeah. right now. Uh, it's a lot. Uh, all, all the European players that are really good. Um, you know, Fino's in there. Yep, Fino's in there. Jody Bernie uh, is in yeah. there. Uh, yeah, Matt Folks is William in there. Kubik. Yeah. Sam Dando, um, Pat Shaw, the, the, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, uh, uh, there's a, there's a whole Trent McBride uh, is is in there. William uh, William Kubik, uh, Alex Moore, yeah, uh, yeah, oh Alex, Alex Vore, yeah, 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 right. Like it's it Alex is Vore. right. It's a who's who. Alex Moore is probably uh, one of my favorite players in the game too. He's so mm-hmm. cool, so smart. He's great Always to play wins. with. Against. It's crazy. It, it, uh, not really. He just beats you so savagely. It's not that great to play against him. I mean, I mean, one one or two over him in the Fighters Guild here and yeah. there, which is always but, it's always a good to get one of those notches yeah. on your belt. Shout out um, to uh, Frank as well because uh, mm-hmm. the conductor. Yes, Frank. Frank actually, that's the main one I was missing. Uh, he was in the, a core group as well of like five, six people that yeah. started with me: Tower, Benson, Michael, Grindel. But uh, he's kind of taken the server and just really. You know, yeah, he's he's taking it and ran. He, he's, he's taking he's, it and ran. So you know, props to Frank. He's really building that clout. So clout he is he's getting it. Is the name of the uh, server. You know, if you can get in there, good good on you. So absolutely. Now, yeah, Max, that's really cool. So you have. Uh, you've had ample opportunity, both in person and online, to gain a ton of useful perspective into the game. And that gives us our first community question uh, from Anthony Del Taco Zicella. Shout out to to yes. Tony. We met we met in person in Pro Tour New Jersey. We played against one another, and we we introduced each other with our real names, and then our discord names and realized that we we are like good discord buddies and yes. high five <laughs> <laughs> um and anthony uh one of one of the more prolific xp grinders getting into worlds made it a point to get into worlds and uh was i don't know where he started but he, I, he, one of the last opportunities I think anyone will ever have to grind online and through armories to get to the get XP. To worlds, yeah. And he Shout did out it. to Anthony Del Taco. That's my boy for a long time. Uh, congrats on that, by the way. But what's yeah. his uh, what's his question? He said, with all the controversy over the last year about who has the best flesh and blood players in the world, with the results we saw at Worlds, who takes the crown? And he says, why is it Merka? So. I mean, obviously the best player is Michael Hamilton. I think that is objectively true statement at this point. Um, but I think per capita, it's got to be Europe. Per capita, it's got to be Europe. I mean, that's that's just a lot of talent in one spot. You know, those guys have a pretty good grasp on the card games. You know, I think Folks, Jamie Faulkner, Rails, um, Christian. Um, mm-hmm. a, a lot of those guys are very, very strong at the game. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm a, I'm a patriot, bro. I'll go with America. <laughs> America. America, baby. It does, it, it does end up being really tough. I mean, if you it, it if, if you get it down to the U.S., you know, the in, into the national scene. Um, oh, Pete Ward. A check mark on Europe right there. Yeah, right. The the UK scene right in twenty twenty one the UK scene wasn't as no uh, as as vibrant as as it is now. But they had right Matt folks won UK Nats in, in twenty one, fifteen and zero, incredible run. Uh, the one of the breakouts of of Cheerios Briar uh, at the time there. Um, in twenty twenty two, you had now you have. You you have the the game experience over the last year, and right the UK scene now has, is is thriving as much as anybody else. And you have like the Faulkners and the Wards uh, and yeah. uh, Shamirs, um, yeah. Lassie, you know. Janek, William Kubik, Pablo Pintor. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. it's you know Lucas Shacheki, Zregor Kowalski. Um, there's a lot, man. There's a lot. So I, I kind of lean towards that a little bit, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's America. 
Excellent, excellent, excellent. God bless America. <laughs> All right, uh, we want to thank Max Thomas for coming on to the podcast. We had to cut that interview uh, short uh, for some technical difficulties. We'll have Max on again uh, here in the near future. That was a great conversation we were having with him. Uh, and We actually had kind of a plan for that interview, and we just got that rolling with a conversation, and we scrapped the whole thing just to – just and just let it ride so thank you max for coming on uh i wanted to really go down that rabbit hole hadn't even touched on the fighters guild uh or anything like that so uh lots left to talk uh to with uh, uh about with with max so thank you max for coming yes, on we thank love you, you so much um yeah so we're 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 gonna we're gonna put a bow on it here um Let's talk some Fab Team Cup stuff. Uh, the Combat Chain will be running a ton of content, um, both on our YouTube page and on the Fab Team Cup page. Uh, the league games themselves, the featured games, are uh, we have a bunch of content content creators coming together to uh, to make this content, and that Fab Team Cup channel is the hub. Uh, essentially of that so you'll see a lot of uh, you'll see most of the stream games on that channel we'll have some stream games on our channel uh, but we really want to focus that on the right on the on the greater good uh, the international platform that is that that cup platform so we are we're honored to have such a prominent role in it i hope it you know i hope we execute well and uh you know make everybody uh, happy. I think we've we've got some big plans in the works that everyone's kind of behind. Um, look out for Friday night if this is if this comes out by Friday night, then uh, if Friday night fights hopefully had had hap- uh, is is happening. Um, main event right now is Calvin Holt versus Joe Cologne, uh, which is a great great uh, flesh and blood bout to look forward to. Um, we're trying to we're we're in the process of booking uh, more matches for that night, and we're gonna make a you know we're gonna make it kind of fun. Um, and uh, uh, if this is out afterwards, it was great. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's gonna do it for us tonight. So uh, we're gonna go just into the plugs now, uh, unless I'm missing something. No, you're good. All right, let's wrap it up then. The Combat Chain is on YouTube. You can find us if you search The Combat Chain. Be sure to like, subscribe, and click the bell notification to know when the latest episode is uploaded. We are available uh, on all audio platforms, wherever you stream your podcasts. I believe that is still true now. Yeah, uh, I'm going to caveat just... that. We're, we're struggling with the, the, the migration from Buzzsprout to RSS. Uh, some of the platforms aren't... Uh cooperating they're saying that they should work and they're not working so i'm trying to figure that out it is a work in progress i do know i think we're we're good people are asking about podbean i believe we're on podbean through the podcast directory index that is one of the things on there but uh we're definitely on apple spotify i think google is still an issue google's uh, the one google's the big one we're struggling with right now yeah that only affects me. I feel like everyone else is on something else. I use Google Podcasts, um, but uh, but yeah. So we're 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 scaling uh, you up. Can right? go, we're you can go drive up our YouTube numbers. Yeah, try, yeah. We're looking to get to five hundred. Uh, we, we're actually it's it's climbing steadily since the last time we we looked. We're it's trickling through. Uh, maybe by the end of the year we'll see if we can do it. But five hundred is our goal. Uh, so if you if you're not subscribed do it if you listen to us you like our content um it seems like a lot of people do you go ahead and you know that's a great way to support us another way you can support us is our patreon you can find us at www.patreon.com backslash the combat chain and can subscribe to us there it is a single tier and it helps us tremendously to keep the lights and mics up and running uh and we love to shout out our patrons there so clark j eugene c devon uh, Tyquius and Arcfire, thank you very much for your support. Yes, we you so love much. each and every one of you. Uh, and you can find us on Twitter, of course. The channel's handle is at the Combat Chain. You can find myself at Pat Smash Good, and you can find Adam at Fom Tulery TCG. Um, and if you didn't know, uh, rumor has it Twitter may implode at any second now. Whether you believe that or not, 
I don't know. But uh, just in case the Twitter apocalypse does happen, uh, you can also <laughs> find me on Hive Social. Hi- mobile only at the moment. Um, but uh, Hive Social is it's a social media platform. Uh, there's there's been kind of a it's a big explosion of of users. They went from it's like two people, right? It's it's literally two people in a garage who made an app, and they just got a million subscribers in the last week. But I am one of them. Uh, so you can find me on Hive Social at Pat Smash Good there. Uh, my username is Pat Shaw slash the combat chain. Um, but there's a lot of good. The professor from T- Tulane Community College jumped on Red Zone Rogues. Uh, there, a bunch of the fab uh, Twitter den- denizens are kind of leaping over there as a backup. Well, Hive um, is the future. Yeah, the Hive. Uh, future guest uh, Carolina Alvarado is uh, is on there tweeting up a storm. Um, well, it's not Twitter that anymore. Remind me. What, is it Hive? Right, right, Are we all? Yeah, I call it stinging, stinging hive, up a storm. Minding. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what it is. Honeycombing? Is that what they... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure what you call that individual post. There is like a beehive thing. So maybe this, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but we do have, we have a big December, uh, coming up. So, you know, this is, you know, support us on the Patreon, get our, uh, like us on the YouTube because we have big things happening. Uh, December, we have, uh, Tannen, uh, we have Hayden Dale starting December. Um, we have Tannen Grace and Carolina Alvarado as guests coming on in December. Not necessarily in that order. I may have gotten Tannen and Hayden backwards. I got to go check my schedule. Um, but those three will kind of wrap up the month. I think for the holidays, we're going to kind of chill it on, uh, we might take a week or, or so off in terms of podcasts, just Christmas and, and new year's, uh, you know, we'll, we'll do that. We'll, but we'll be streaming games. Uh, you know, the, the, the fab team league is international. It goes, uh, and it's, it's easy to pop our heads in, uh, for an hour or so, you know, uh, each day or more you know, whatever freedom, you know, you have there. Um, but we'll definitely be, be on there and that's exciting. We're looking forward to it. We've been, this is the stuff that we've been, you know, re- gritting our teeth, getting ready to, to, to really dive deep into it. We have the opportunity here. We're going to fucking, we're going to fucking kill it, Adam. We're going to do so good <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking doing this to shit. It. Can't, can't wait. We, even just the stuff that we've, we've started doing, I'm, I'm excited about. Feels like, feels like running like production stuff trying to get show notes together call logs uh, uh schedules uh, all sorts of all sorts of stuff that just makes it feel like it's big right that and that's the cool thing it feels big and that's that's what i like about yeah. it yeah all right that is going to do it for us uh this week thank you for listening uh thank you again to max thomas uh for coming on and i guess we're just going to do it ourselves here uh so adam until next week we're closing closing the combat combat chain chain. oh we'll get it that that felt really (laughs) smooth to me i thought that i thought we nailed it it. oh man Uh, it looks good on the it looks good on the does it does it i'll believe you you you're a half second behind on my yeah i might be a half second behind you now I'm trying to debate if I want to go like put in the work to splice <laughs> out Max. Out. No, splice out Max and like find him saying weird and find him saying closing yeah. <laughs> and just right. like copy paste him into. <laughs> I think he said combat chain at some point. Did he? Did he? Okay, I might. I might maybe, try to if I maybe. if I catch if I'm. We're closing the combat chain. <laughs> yeah. So you yeah, just get yeah. the syllabic <laughs> just cuts in there. <laughs> oh man. Alright, alright. That's that'll do it for us. Let's wrap it up. Thank you.